The following program is furnished by the Truth About Your Future, LLC. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. This information is education and not financial advice. Consult a financial advisor before investing. The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman is brought to you by Global X ETFs, dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. And by Bitwise, a trusted guide in crypto has never mattered more. Connect with their dedicated team of crypto experts nationwide at bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100, Invesco.com. And by Edelman Financial Engines. Rick Edelman is a board member, consultant, shareholder, and client of EFE. But EFE is unaffiliated and has no say over the content of the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. This is where technology, innovation, and personal finance come together. This is the truth about your future with Rick Edelman. And now your host, Rick Edelman. Thanks for joining me this weekend on the truth about your future. Coming up on the show today, what's happening in the real estate market? A conversation with Anthony Pompliano of the Pomp Podcast, the latest on cybersecurity, investing in ESG, plus Gene's Word of the Week. You know, we've all been seeing what's been going on in the economy. The stock market has dropped dramatically this year. The bond market is down. The crypto market is down. The big question everybody's been asking, what's going to happen to real estate? That seems to be the one major area of the investment world that has been resistant, if not outright immune from the market's declines. But it looks like real estate is now weakening, heading toward a recession of its own. The median sales price of existing homes has hit $430,000, but now has since fallen from that, and real estate prices are now down $10,000 since June. They're still nearing the highest price since records began being stored in 1999, but it looks like the party is over in terms of prices. Existing home sales have fallen for six months in a row, and it's because of a housing affordability. It isn't. The housing affordability index is the worst since 1989. Even though housing prices have started to come down in the past couple of months, they're still up 40% over the past two years. Home prices have risen so much faster than wages that people are literally being priced out of the market. You add on to that the fact that mortgage rates are now at a 13-year high. The result is that people can't afford to pay the monthly rate, the monthly payment on a 30-year mortgage based on the sales price of the house coupled with the high mortgage cost. There's no way they can afford it and they're priced out of the market. As a result, nearly 20% of the houses that are on the market available for sale, they've cut their prices more than 10%. As homeowners are beginning to realize the market is drying up and they can't sell their houses for as much as they could have, say, four or five months ago. By the way, this is not just an American issue. Prices are down in Canada 8%. They're down in New Zealand, Brazil, Chile, Spain, Finland, South Africa, India. Prices are down everywhere across the world. In Canada, housing prices are down 25% from a year ago. It's not that bad here in the United States, at least not yet, but it is a problem. 
I mentioned that home buyers are canceling their deals to buy homes. That is happening now as well. Not only are homeowners lowering the prices of their houses, people who have already signed contracts to buy a house are canceling those contracts at the highest rate since any time since the beginning of the pandemic. 15% of all the sales contracts have been canceled. People are walking away from their earnest money on the attitude that I signed a contract to pay 430 grand for this house. That house is no longer worth 430 grand. Or the mortgage rate just went up and I can no longer afford the payment. I therefore have no choice but to walk away from the contract. This is leaving the sellers stuck with the houses that they're trying to sell. This is a bit of a problem. Not only do we have the challenge of housing prices and housing affordability, we have home builders facing a problem. Housing starts have fallen dramatically and builder confidence is falling with it. The builder confidence index has fallen for seven straight months. It's now at the lowest level in two years. So we are seeing a weakening across the board in real estate with the number of homes being built declining, the number of people willing or able to buy homes declining. We're beginning naturally to see an equal decline in the price of houses. If you're thinking of buying a house, you might want to wait as prices are likely going to fall further. If you're thinking of selling a house, you might want to hurry up and sell it before those price declines get more real. Meanwhile, there is one aspect of the real estate marketplace that is skyrocketing. The number of people who have become real estate agents. Membership in the NAR, the National Association of Realtors, is at an all-time high. 1.6 million people are real estate agents now. That's a record an 82% increase in the number of new agents compared to a year ago. And historically, that is always a sign of a market top. Why do people want to become a real estate agent? Well, think about it. If housing prices are skyrocketing, the value of a house is up 40% over the past two years, and the commission is 6% on a $400,000 house, we're talking about a $25,000 commission. You get half of it. Now you're talking about a $12,000 commission for selling a single house. Wow. We're talking about easy money, isn't it? Well, not so easy at all. According to the National Association of Realtors, realtors who have 16 years of experience have average incomes of $85,000 a year. Good income, but it isn't setting the world on fire. More importantly, real estate agents who have less than two years of experience, their average income, $8,800. You know why? Because they only sold one house. Whose house did they sell? Their girlfriends, a good neighbor down the street who they just, you know, play tennis with and who happens to be selling their house. Sure, you can sell my house for me. And that's the only house they managed to sell. And they earn an average of an $8,800 commission. So you need to recognize that getting your real estate license and deciding to hang out your shingle as a real estate agent isn't necessarily going to be the path to high income, especially now that we're beginning to see the 
likelihood of a real estate recession, fewer homes being sold, and at lower prices, it means that the compensation for real estate agents is probably going to come down. Now, of course, all real estate is local, and this is going to vary dramatically all across the country in given cities, in given communities within given cities, depending on the types of properties you tend to focus on. The bottom line is, with more real estate agents than ever and fewer houses available to sell, it means there's increased competition and you'll begin to see offers of cuts in commission rates. Hey, I'll sell your house for a 5% commission in order to win the deal and cutting your comp as a result. So that's what we can expect in the short-term future for the rest of this year, probably into 2023 as well, about residential real estate. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. You know, I spend a lot of time on crypto education. Normally, I talk to a lot of financial advisors and members of the public, but I recently did an event with the Bipartisan Policy Center called The Future of Crypto and Blockchain. This event was for members of Congress and their staffs as well as public policy officials from the executive branch. We had dozens at the event. Thousands viewed the recording as well. We're working hard to improve the level of crypto knowledge and education among members of Congress and the executive branch because we need more legislation and regulation to create the rules of the road, making crypto safer and more readily available to all investors across the country. So I was really excited to be the keynote speaker at the BPC event in September. If you miss any part of this broadcast, it's also a podcast. In fact, it's also a video cast. The long form version of this program is available to you for free at the truth, AYF.com. All of that, plus lots of articles and a lot of other content helping you with your personal finance, the five subjects that matter most. All of it for free at the truth, AYF.com. Coming up next, Pomp, Anthony Pompliano of the Pomp Podcast. Stay with us. Midterm elections are just around the corner, and you might have questions like, what should I be doing with my money now? Or what could happen in the stock market if my side doesn't win? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, October 11th at 2 p.m., or 8 p.m. Eastern, for our brand-new webinar, The Elections in Your Portfolio, Separating Fact from Fiction. You can register now at efewebinar.com. You'll learn how the midterm election results can impact the stock market based on decades of market data. And you'll learn how to help position your portfolio for the elections and beyond. Don't miss this important and timely webinar. Join us for The Elections and Your Portfolio, Separating Fact from Fiction. On Tuesday, October 11th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern, there's no cost to attend and no obligation. Register now at efewebinar.com. That's efewebinar.com. Edelman Financial Engines, from here forward. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. Thanks for listening to today's show. And thanks to Bitwise Asset Management for being our sponsor. Rick asked Bitwise to support the show because Bitwise has just one mission, to help you understand and access the opportunities in crypto. As crypto continues to grow in scale and complexity, a trusted guide is more important than ever. That's why Bitwise has built a nationwide team of crypto experts to help you. 
So take advantage of Bitwise's team. They work closely with financial advisors, institutions, and individual investors just like you. Talk to a Bitwise expert today or sharpen your crypto knowledge with Bitwise's awesome library of content. You'll find great help whether you're a crypto beginner or a financial professional. Crypto has major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. So before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com for their library of content and to learn about the risks with these investments. That's bitwiseinvestments.com. You know how challenging it's been to manage your investments successfully this year. You've heard Rick Edelman caution you just about every week that, given today's combination of high market volatility and stubbornly high inflation, the investments that worked in the past might not be the ones to help you achieve your goals today. This is especially true if you need to generate current income from your investments. But where can you turn if your traditional approach isn't working anymore? At GlobalX ETFs, we can help. Our ETFs offer you investments that you might not have considered before. Asset classes with income-producing potential, including MLPs from the energy sector, real estate investment trusts, preferreds, and dividend-paying stocks. We've been providing our investors with income-oriented investments for more than a decade. Explore our full lineup of ETFs and get our research and insights and more all at GlobalXETFs.com. Or ask your financial advisor about GlobalX ETFs. GlobalXETFs.com. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. I'm Rick Edelman. I'm really excited to bring onto the program a good friend of mine, Anthony Pompliano, most commonly known as Pomp. Pomp, if you don't know Pomp, you are missing out. He not only manages a portfolio of about a half a billion dollars in the Bitcoin and crypto industry, most importantly, the Pomp Podcast, one of the most popular podcasts in the world, downloaded more than 20 million times. Pomp also writes a daily letter that is read by well more than 150,000 investors every morning, and his tweets have 700,000 followers. If you are trying to follow the world of Bitcoin and crypto, etc., and you're not following Pomp, well, you're not really doing the job right. Pomp, welcome to the program. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you so much for uh, that warm introduction there. So, you know, it's not the most fun of times that we're having this conversation. We're in the middle of yet another crypto winter. Talk about what your observations are about what's happening in the crypto world these days. Yeah, look, uh, the Bitcoin and crypto industry is pretty unique in that it has had multiple boom and bust cycles, but it's been on an expedited timeline. You know, most people look at the technology industry and they go back and they think of the last kind of bad time and they all point to the tech uh, bust of 2000. Um, and yeah, there was the global financial crisis, but that was more kind of macro market, not just tech. I think with the uh, Bitcoin and crypto industry, we've seen this happen over and over and over again. And a huge piece of it is one, it's being built on top of the internet. So there's been faster global adoption than we saw with the internet or other technologies. Uh, but two is that there's not a lot of, uh, of the kind of intervention in the market that you may see elsewhere. And so a simple example would be hours of operation. Obviously, the stock market uh, ends up being closed on weekends or, or certain hours during the day, uh, whereas the Bitcoin and crypto market trades 24-7, 365. And so what that ultimately does uh, is it allows it to operate as a more free market. I don't know if you would argue that it's a completely free market, but, but definitely more of a free market. Uh, and so naturally, human psychology plays a huge piece. When prices start going up, people get excited. And then, of course, as we get towards the bottom of markets, uh, people get much more fearful probably than they need to be. 
So I think what we're watching is just these assets are tied very closely to human psychology. But over time, I do think volatility will go down and we'll get less of the boom and bust cycles. Everybody loves to buy when the price is high and everybody loves to sell when the price is low. And of course, buying high, selling low is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do to achieve long-term investment success. So where would you say we are in the midst of this? I mean, we saw Bitcoin hit almost $70,000 last November. Are you losing confidence in this? Do you regret your engagement in the crypto community? Definitely don't regret it. Uh, back in uh, 2018 in the bear market, Bitcoin had fallen from 20000 uh, to about $3,000. And uh, I went on national television and uh, was getting yelled at by uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary. And he was saying, hey, look, then what are you doing? I am willing to change my mind if I see material differences uh, in the underlying fundamentals. But when you look at Bitcoin, the strength of the network is near an all-time high. And I think that's what makes it so exciting right now. There have been two ways for people to engage in crypto as an investment. One, traditionally, simply buy Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever other crypto coin or token you choose. As an alternative, I'll buy stocks of companies that are in the crypto space. Do you recommend that people buy the actual coin, buy Bitcoin, or do you recommend that people buy companies that are in the crypto space instead? Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know if there's a single answer for everyone. Uh, there's a lot of people who just want to go buy gold and hold gold. Uh, but there's other people who say, hey, I want productive assets that have exposure to that. And so they'll go buy the gold miners. Uh, I think that Bitcoin and, and kind of the uh, surrounding industry and infrastructure is very similar. We're talking with Anthony Pompliano, the head of the Pomp podcast, one of the most popular podcasts on the Internet, dealing with crypto and Bitcoin and, and such along those lines. Uh, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust trades under the symbol GBTC. There's also uh, Bitwise's BITW. These trusts are popular with investors because you can trade them easily at Charles Schwab, for example, in a Schwab brokerage account. And that's simpler, easier, more familiar than buying Bitcoin in any other way. But these things are popular predominantly because there's no ETF in the marketplace. The SEC hasn't said yes to that, even though Grayscale and Bitwise, among others, have both filed applications with the SEC to create an ETF. The SEC has repeatedly denied those applications. Talk about your views of this. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know what the answer is. Where I think this situation got more complicated was when the SEC decided, hey, we're not going to approve a Bitcoin spot ETF, but they approved the futures ETF and not just a long futures ETF, but a short futures ETF as well. And it begs the question, why is a spot Bitcoin ETF not approved in the United States? What is it you're recommending that people allocate in their portfolios to crypto? How, how much should you place of your total portfolio? Uh, the best thing to do is to always ensure that you don't blow yourself up, right? It's kind of like be a risk mitigator. Uh, and so when it comes to something like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, although the enthusiasts and myself included uh, are incredibly bullish on this stuff and, and we spend all day and, and have dedicated a large portion of our lives to uh, understanding it and talking about it and investing in it, the average person probably is better off somewhere between like one to 5%, right? If they lost 1%, let's say of their portfolio, they're mad, but you know it's not the end of the world. One to five percent, set it, forget it. That's really the way to think through it. One final question for you, Pomp, and that is the job market in crypto. Uh, if you were counseling a kid who's entering college, trying to figure out what should they do as in a career prospect, is the crypto community something to consider from a career perspective? 
Yeah, we, we think this is probably one of the biggest opportunities. We've built an entire business uh, in that sector. And what I think that we found is uh, if you look at the crypto industry as a whole, it is one of, if not the fastest growing economic sector globally in terms of the amount of venture capital that's coming in, the amount of enterprise value that's been created, uh, the amount of uh, pay that individual employees are making, uh, the amount of investment returns that are being captured. Uh, so, so from that standpoint, there's a ton of growth, but also it's still pretty early. You probably shouldn't go join uh, a really, really large corporation where innovation and, and some of the exciting stuff isn't happening. There's so much opportunity. Pays good. Remote work is possible. Uh, it's an important mission. And I think that it's a great place for people to go look. That's Anthony Pompliano of Pomp Investments and the Pomp Podcast. You can follow Pomp on Twitter at A Pompliano. Pomp, great to be with you. Thanks for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Rick. I appreciate it. We actually spoke to Pomp for over 20 minutes. You can hear and see the interview at thetruthayf.com. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. Hey, I really want to help you get a deep dive into the key personal finance topics that matter most. So this year, I'm teaching four master classes, and you can watch all four of them for free. The first master class, The Truth About Crypto, just like the title of my new number one bestseller. Now, here's my new class, Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. It's online. It's free. Sign up now. You'll discover why, if you're alive in 2030, you'll likely live to age 100 and beyond. Will your money last as long as you do? My new master class teaches you how to handle college and career, homeownership, long-term care, estate planning, and, of course, your investment strategy. Register now for free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. Coming up next, the big rush into cybersecurity and how you can make an investment in that space. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future. Allow us to introduce you to Sabrina, an ordinary person who helped shape the future by putting her money behind the right ideas. Each morning, Sabrina enjoys a 20-mile bike ride and meditation that brings her serenity for the day to come. Sabrina is also accessing the companies that are revolutionizing the tech world by investing in Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100, which goes to show you don't have to be an integrated circuit engineer to help push progress forward. Become an agent of innovation. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus with this information. Read it carefully before investing. Meet Schwab Intelligent Income, a simple, modern way to pay yourself from your portfolio. Overcome the complexity of income needs in retirement with automated tax-smart withdrawals that you can start, stop, or adjust at any time without penalty, plus ongoing monitoring so you'll always know where you stand. And since lower fees means more money for you to invest, you pay no advisory fee. Available with Schwab Intelligent Portfolios. Visit schwab.com slash intelligent income, a modern approach to wealth management. 
You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman, sponsored by Choice. Choice is changing the way Americans save for retirement by making it possible to invest in Bitcoin, crypto, and other alternative assets inside your IRA. That's right. Whether you open a deductible or a Roth IRA with Choice, you can invest in Bitcoin and 22 other digital assets in your retirement account. You can also buy stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, gold, real estate, and more, all in a single retirement account. There's no hidden fees or account minimums, just more control over your retirement savings. And Choice makes it ridiculously easy to combine all of your old retirement accounts with a rollover concierge service. So if you've switched jobs in the last few years and have been putting off rolling over your old 401k, make sure you check out Choice. Head on over to retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. That's retirewithchoice.com slash Rick. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. One of the most exciting elements of technological innovation is the Internet. And one of the scariest elements of technological innovation is cybersecurity. So I'm happy to bring on to the program Pedro Palandrani. He is Director of Research at Global X ETFs. Pedro, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rick. You know, we're seeing, as you know, more headlines than ever about hacking and cybersecurity. Is this just something we're going to have to tolerate? Cybersecurity is essentially going from a nice to have to an essential technology, not only for companies, but for governments and for consumers as well. This is essentially because tech has expanded dramatically over the last 10, 15 years. We moved from data centers, for example, to a very diversified base of end devices like smartphones, laptops, uh, and even technologies like cloud computing, software as a service, IoT, you name it, right? So that's making it a lot harder for companies to control access, to control data and infrastructure. Cyber attacks are becoming more sophisticated than ever. And because of that, our governments are paying attention to cybersecurity more than ever. And all of this is just translating into greater spending on cybersecurity. Now, in the old days, those hackers were just kids playing around. But these days, these cyber hackers are rogue nations, enemies of the United States. You have organized or a criminal organizations, countries where you're seeing some cyber attacks. And this is especially in the context of geopolitical tensions. So uh, cybersecurity solutions also need to scale. So instead of fighting one of these fights with knives and facing like a gunfight, we now need to arm cybersecurity solutions and companies with AI and ML solutions, for example, that are going to be able to be at the same level of the cyber attacks that we're seeing around the world. So it seems like this is a never-ending battle. You know, the good guy builds a 10-foot wall and the bad guy shows up with a 12-foot ladder. Unfortunately, that's somehow a reality, right? They're always not only newer technologies are allowed the cyber attackers to uh, perform one of these hacks, but at the same time, there are more and more entry points than ever. So as you think about newer technologies in the next 5, 10, 15 years, such as autonomous vehicles, robotic surgery, medical devices, all of these are going to be connected to the internet. And so unfortunately, that's going to be a new entry point for cyber attackers to go after. And this is essentially going to create greater needs, greater demands for cybersecurity solutions. So 
for us as investors, that's actually good news, right? Because we know that the longevity of the cybersecurity theme is going to be there. So all of these tailwinds are going to be very important for the cybersecurity theme just going forward. What is the current state of technology in cybersecurity? Are we losing ground? Are we holding our own? Where, where does it stand? I think we're definitely getting ground. You know, uh, a lot of these companies are coming up with uh, very strong technologies. That's important because the attacker can succeed once and that's already enough for them. But the defenders need to succeed essentially 100% of the time. So it's a very uneven playing field. So that's why technologies such as AI and ML are starting to become increasingly important for companies and organizations around the world. Another tech development that we're seeing from companies is, for example, Zero Trust Network. So Zero Trust essentially provides users with access to internal apps, but without the need to connect to the company's network or expose the user to the internet. And this is very important because that architecture allows the user or the hacker actually not to move horizontally throughout the network. So we're seeing a lot of new technological developments in the cybersecurity theme. Companies are trying to protect the network. Companies are trying to protect the cloud messaging, identity. And there are so many different verticals within cybersecurity where we're seeing many companies trying to come out with new technologies. Yeah, I've heard the joke that there are two kinds of companies, those that have been hacked and those who don't know they've been hacked. And so clearly cybersecurity has to be a growth industry. So what would you say are the investment opportunities? How can we, I mean, I, I hate to put it in this context, Pedro, but if we're going to have to suffer with the issues of hacking and security threats, we might as well figure out a way to make money at it. So what are the investment opportunities? Exactly. And again, I think this is a theme with a lot of longevity at a macro level. These business models are extremely attractive because most of these companies are software as a service companies. So they have great retention rates. They have great profitability in most cases. So that's a very attractive investment opportunity. Here at GlobalX, we have the GlobalX Cybersecurity ETF, ticker BUG or BUG, um, one of my favorite around here. That ETF right now has over $1.2 billion in assets under management, and it really tries to provide exposure to cybersecurity companies. This is really a pure play focus on cybersecurity and one way to access that universe of companies that are not only protecting the network or the cloud. These are really all the companies that are trying to come out with great solutions for the theme that we just discussed today. Gene and I are big fans of Bug. Uh, we own that fund as part of our diversified portfolio and technology, the cybersecurity ETF from GlobalX. The symbol is B-U-G, Bug. I agree with you. It's a really strong play there. You had mentioned AI and ML, artificial intelligence and machine learning. How big a role do these technologies play in cybersecurity and within the GlobalX ETF? Again, it's one of the technologies that we're starting to see a lot of the companies developing internally, right? 
you can even think like a company like Google where with Gmail that tries to uh, protect all of your messaging capabilities. Gmail is essentially trying to protect you from opening up an email that could be a scam. And these scams and phishing attempts are getting a lot of sophistication. So AI and ML is increasingly becoming important for companies. Google actually just acquired Mandiant, one of the companies that we had within our BUG ETF. And M&A activity is one of the trends that we're seeing in cybersecurity. I know, Rick, you're an expert in crypto and digital assets, generally speaking. Even companies like Coinbase, for example, acquired a cybersecurity company earlier this year. We're seeing a lot of these large companies starting to acquire cybersecurity solutions because they need to provide cybersecurity solutions to their clients, to their customers. And it's the large tech companies, the new entrants, the emerging technologies are trying to come up with strong solutions to protect their data, to protect their users, and pretty much their entire infrastructure stack. And I was going to ask you about the M&A activity because I've noticed the same thing, that there's a lot of M&A going on. And that's not true for the rest of Wall Street. M&A activity is generally down this year because of the market volatility and lower valuations. But in the cybersecurity space, there's a lot of activity. What message should investors take from the fact that companies are engaging in buying other companies in the cyber field? You're right, Rick. A lot of M&A activity, and so we would expect that to continue to be the case at least within the next 12 to four, uh, 24 months. Just for context, typically cybersecurity providers specialize in a limited amount of product types, right? So whether that's endpoint security or network security or identity security, the trend that we've historically seen is that companies are targeting niche markets. If we think about it, that's forcing companies to secure their data using a patchwork of different branded services. So for customers, that's not ideal, uh, both from a cost standpoint, but also to avoid inefficiencies when essentially seeking to protect their data, users, and all of the information that we just talked about. So that's really creating this new trend of M&A within the cybersecurity theme, where a lot of companies are just trying to combine their solutions to really bring to market very solid and strong cybersecurity solutions. So for us as investors, that's great. We're seeing a lot of premiums being paid for these cybersecurity companies, and we can try to benefit from M&A activity in the space. In other words, you buy the companies today, wait for them to get acquired, which happens at a premium. So yeah, it's a, a wonderful investment strategy for this space. I have found it really interesting that in the old days, when you were trying to choose a company you wanted to do business with, you evaluated that decision based on the company's products and services, the price, the customer service, and so on. But today, increasingly, we're forced to ask about their cybersecurity policy. We're forced to ask, how safe am I to be working with you? Because if I'm going to connect my bank account to you, if I'm going to share with you my social security number or other personal information, I need to know that you're going to treat that data with a high degree of security. And so companies are forced to spend a lot of time 
paying attention to cybersecurity in a way that 10, 15, 20 years ago, they never really had to do this. This is why I'm convinced that cybersecurity is one of the biggest growth areas for investing opportunities and why Gene and I own the Global X cybersecurity ETF, the symbol is BUG, bug, as part of our diversified portfolio. So I strongly encourage you to take a serious look at this Global X ETF. You can learn more about it at globalxetfs.com or by asking your financial advisor about Global X. And the symbol is B-U-G, bug. That's Pedro Palandrani. He is director of research at Global X ETFs. Pedro, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you, Rick. Stay with us for more here on The Truth About Your Future. Midterm elections are just around the corner. And you might have questions like, what should I be doing with my money now? Or what could happen in the stock market if my side doesn't win? Join Edelman Financial Engines on Tuesday, October 11th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern for our brand new webinar, The Elections and Your Portfolio, Separating Fact from Fiction. You can register now at efewebinar.com. You'll learn how the midterm election results can impact the stock market based on decades of market data. And you'll learn how to help position your portfolio for the elections and beyond. Don't miss this important and timely webinar. Join us for The Elections and Your Portfolio, Separating Fact from Fiction. On Tuesday, October 11th at 2 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern, there's no cost to attend and no obligation. Register now at efewebinar.com. That's efewebinar.com. Edelman Financial Engines, from here forward. You're listening to The Truth About Your Future with Rick Edelman. Thanks for listening to today's show. And thanks to Bitwise Asset Management for being our sponsor. Rick asked Bitwise to support the show because Bitwise has just one mission, to help you understand and access the opportunities in crypto. As crypto continues to grow in scale and complexity, a trusted guide is more important than ever. That's why Bitwise has built a nationwide team of crypto experts to help you. So take advantage of Bitwise's team. They work closely with financial advisors, institutions, and individual investors just like you. Talk to a Bitwise expert today or sharpen your crypto knowledge with Bitwise's awesome library of content. You'll find great help, whether you're a crypto beginner or a financial professional. Crypto has major risks to consider, including the loss of your entire investment. So before investing in crypto funds, visit bitwiseinvestments.com for their library of content and to learn about the risks with these investments. That's bitwiseinvestments.com. Allow us to introduce you to Tom, an ordinary person who helped shape the future by putting his money behind the right ideas. Tom enjoys tending to his tomato garden and is currently developing the perfect blend for his homemade spaghetti sauce. Tom is also accessing companies that help change the course of the aerospace industry by investing in Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is a fund that allows you access to innovators of the NASDAQ 100, which goes to show you don't have to be a rocket scientist to help push progress forward. Become an agent of innovation. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. There are risks when investing in ETFs, including possible loss of money. ETFs' risks are similar to those of stocks. Investments in the tech sector are subject to greater risk and more volatility than more diversified investments. The NASDAQ 100 Index comprises the 100 largest non-financial companies on the NASDAQ. You can't invest directly into an index. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit Invesco.com for a prospectus with this information. Read it carefully before investing. 
You're listening to The Truth About Your Future. Let me ask you this. Are you interested in ESG, environmental social governance? Well, let me ask you the question a little more specifically. Are you interested in investing in a way that your investments reflect your values? Ah, now you get a sense of ESG. In other words, a lot of folks don't like tobacco. They don't like gambling. You don't like nuclear weapons. So this is a way for people to invest their money in a manner that is consistent with their values. And Wall Street has really exploded in the availability of exchange-traded funds that purport to tell you whether companies are scoring high on measurements of ESG. ESG is now a really big theme on Wall Street. Morningstar says that ETFs and mutual funds that are ESG-focused are now managing $3 trillion in assets. But here's the problem. As companies try to score well on ESG, the question becomes, score well by who? I mean, who decides? So now there's a new study that has taken a look at six different ESG ratings agencies, and they found that they used a variety of metrics 709 different metrics across 64 categories. You must be joking. I mean, how can anybody decide if any of this is making any sense at all? In fact, of this entire broad array, only 10 categories were found within all six of these ratings companies. So you really have to wonder... Who's deciding what counts and what doesn't? Let me just give you two examples of how silly this is. One company issued a 200-page report showing how strong it scores on ESG. Do you know who the company is? Altria, a tobacco company. How could they do this? Well, they showed that they are doing very well with corporate governance. They have a diverse employee base, and they don't discriminate in wages and salaries based on sex or gender. So they score themselves really well on ESG. Go figure. Or how about this example? Standard & Poor's S&P has an ESG version of the S&P 500, and they just kicked Tesla out, but they kept in ExxonMobil. Wait, Tesla makes electric cars. That's like good for the planet, isn't it? But ExxonMobil burns fossil fuels. So how could they throw Tesla out but keep ExxonMobil in? It just demonstrates that the way these companies are describing themselves and how the ratings agencies are evaluating them sometimes leaves you scratching your head. Oh, and by the way, if you are really thinking about investing in an ESG fund so that you feel better about your investments, a study by the London School of Economics and Columbia Business School found that ESG funds cost 50% more than other mutual funds and ETFs. From 2010 to 2018, the companies that are offering ESG funds actually violated labor laws more, paid fines more, had higher carbon emissions more than the companies that weren't in the ESG funds. So before you decide to invest in an ESG fund, maybe you should invest in those tobacco companies and donate the profits to the American Lung Association.
I'm Rick Edelman. This is the truth about your future. Time now for everybody's favorite segment of the program, Visit by My Wife, Jean Edelman. Jean is a student of the healing arts, Reiki, traditional Chinese medicine, homeopathy, acupuncture, and of course, macrobiotic and plant-based cooking. Here's Jean. Great to be with you this week. This week, my word is optimism. If we let it, the world gets pretty heavy. Now, we want to stay current, but we don't want to get pulled into the constant worry. We need a break. And so I have five little suggestions to help us stay optimistic. First, let's savor the good. Our minds at times are like a TV channel and we keep playing the reruns, but it's good to change that channel. Go find something happy in our life. Go find something happy and fun to do. Because when we want to replay that channel, we want it to be fulfilling and joyful and refreshing and just be filling us with something optimistic and happy, not the opposite. Number two, we want to reframe from the negative. We are given challenges to learn and grow. And when we're faced with something, let's just stop and reflect. Find two good things about it, whatever it is, because these are learning moments. These are moments when we are meant to grow, to be better, to find out pieces of ourselves and to get stronger because of what is occurring. Number three is take action. Small goals that are achievable. Life is really about all these little baby steps that we can take along our path. And so just find realistic goals to be optimistic. How about number four, writing a positive letter to ourselves. Sit down and say how beautiful we are, how talented we are, and list out the things that we're really good at. Write a letter to ourselves, reminding ourselves of all these wonderful traits. And I'll bet we will have forgotten some of them. And so sit down and write these out and then revisit that letter. And number five is surround ourselves with positive. Be mindful of the social media. Be mindful of the TV. Find happy, positive feeds. Listen to upbeat, happy music. Find a funny movie. Stop hanging around with negative people. Find some new friends if you need to. Because wherever it's coming from, we don't want to get bombarded with this. And so we need to protect ourselves and surround ourselves with positive. It can be really easy to go down this path of negativity, to keep watching those reruns in our mind. But It takes these small, very intensive steps to move towards being optimistic. And we can do it. Be mindful of all these outside influences. And when we need to, just go within and breathe and find our own little quiet. So our action item for the week is to make the necessary changes to bring more positive into our day. And our word of the week is cheer. The C is for change. If it no longer feels good, make the small changes so that we can feel happy and content. Say no to relationships and situations that no longer feed us and make us feel good. 
Keep moving forward. Don't look back because the future is anything that we want to make it. H is for help. Do not be afraid to ask for help. We are not in any of this alone. We need professionals sometime to help us kind of reset and restore. So don't be afraid to reach out. And we need to lean on each other and we need to talk. Find help if you need it. The E is for ease. If something's too difficult, stop. Don't do it. Find another way. It should be fun. It should be easy. The other E is for empower and to allow. When we're rigid and locked down and stuck in that TV replay, we're not able to move forward and we need to empower ourselves. We are in control. We can make the changes to be happy and we can make the change to a very content and wonderful life. And the R is for rare because we are such gifts to this world and we need to hold that in our hearts. We are meant to shine and smile upon each other every day and bring out that light. And so find that optimism this week. Sit down, reevaluate things that aren't working. Say no. You have permission to say no if it doesn't feel good. Find another path. Find what makes you happy. Have a great week, everyone. If you're enjoying Jean's words of the week, you can get a list of them and all of her segments at thetruthayf.com. And it's a great day to be alive. I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes. There's some hard times in the neighborhood. But why can't every day be just this know how challenging it's been to manage your investments successfully this year. You've heard Rick Edelman caution you just about every week that, given today's combination of high market volatility and stubbornly high inflation, the investments that worked in the past might not be the ones to help you achieve your goals today. This is especially true if you need to generate current income from your investments. But where can you turn if your traditional approach isn't working anymore? At Global X ETFs, we can help. Our ETFs offer you investments that you might not have considered before. Asset classes with income-producing potential, including MLPs from the energy sector, real estate investment trusts, preferreds, and dividend-paying stocks. We've been providing our investors with income-oriented investments for more than a decade. Explore our full lineup of ETFs and get our research and insights and more all at GlobalXETFs.com. Or ask your financial advisor about GlobalX ETFs globalxetfs.com. Did you know Schwab offers a satisfaction guarantee? If for any reason you're not completely satisfied, Schwab will refund your fee or commission and work with you to make things right. You won't find that kind of promise everywhere, but you will find it at Schwab. It's just another way that they put clients' interest at the heart of everything they do. Learn what's included and how it works at schwab.com slash satisfaction. That's schwab.com slash satisfaction. Well, that's all the time we've got on The Truth About Your Future this weekend. Remember, sign up for my new master class, Financial Planning in the Age of Longevity. It's free at thetruthayf.com. That's thetruthayf.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. 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 I'm sorry, what? What part didn't you understand? The buh or the bye? Bye Bye-bye.
The truth about your future with Rick Edelman has been brought to you by Global X ETFs, dedicated to providing investors with unexplored and intelligent solutions. And by Bitwise, a trusted guide in crypto has never mattered more. Connect with their dedicated team of crypto experts nationwide at bitwiseinvestments.com. And by Invesco QQQ, a fund that allows you to access the innovators of the NASDAQ 100. Invesco.com. Stay tuned for Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky from Edelman Financial Engines. EverydayWealth.com backslash radio. EFE and the truth about your future with Rick Edelman are unaffiliated entities. Get the truth about your future every weekend with Rick Edelman. It's the truth, AYF.com.